Welcome to RenovatingRichesRadio.com With your hosts, Dennis Rodriguez and Ricardo Rosales The show where we talk about turning rags into riches We are not responsible if this is not work for you. Read the fine print notice. Do not believe a word we say. Results may vary depending on how much self-education and due diligence you do. This is only for the action takers and serves as entertainment. And we are live here at Renovate and Riches Radio with another show. Today it's going to be very interesting. We're going to be talking to this guy sitting on my left-hand side. Uh, Ricardo, you want to introduce our guest today? Yes, sir, Mr. Keith ba Baker, and uh, he's got the Private Lender Podcast. How about that? I never thought I would find a podcast about private lending. <laughs> and I never thought I would find another podcaster as crazy as we are, you know, and you know, doing this thing for yeah, like, especially in the, the Houston area. Yeah, and within the same neighborhood because we all pretty much live pretty close by. So. Um, We are at this networking event that uh, Landon and Ray put together yeah. a, a few weeks ago, and I'm walking to go get me some refreshments. Beer. Exactly. <laughs> and I look at the Thanks, banner. Thanks, Landon. Your, your, your meetups are awesome. Yeah, and then I look at the banner, and I look, the Private Lending Podcast. Who the hell is this guy, man? <laughs> and I go, hey, Keith. And he's like, what's going on? Hey, nice to meet you, man. My name is Ricardo. By the way, I got a podcast, too. That's exactly how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Keith, uh, thanks for being here with us. Uh, hey, we appreciate you me. driving down to the outskirts of Houston. Um, <laughs> some people some people ask you if they need a passport to come over to our office. L Landon definitely needs a passport. Yeah, well. well <laughs> for him, that's like a three-hour drive, you know. Yeah, it's about uh, two time zones for him, I think. Yeah, isn't it? Exactly. yeah where he lives <laughs> over there in the yeah. He's in somewhere in the East Coast. <laughs> but no, anyways, uh, yeah, we, we feel very, very fortunate to have you here and tell our audience that there is a podcast out there. By the way, if you're watching, if you're watching right now, this is what I would like every single one of you to do: go on Facebook and go on the website on the World Wide Web, the www, and go. PrivateLenderPodcast.com Yep Or Facebook Private Lender Podcast Instagram Hit like Okay And subscribe to it So you can follow Keith And all the wealth of knowledge That revolves around Private lending Which by the way Is something we use a lot In, in, in uh, it, It's how we fund our deals And some people ask You know I got friends that think That we're You know Multi-millionaires And that's how we buy houses That's not the case We use people Like what Keith is showing uh, others how to do, how to use money that you have saved on your retirement accounts, uh, 401k plans, um, and, and use that money invested with people like us. And we buy houses, um, but Keith can talk a little bit more about it. So let's start from the beginning, Keith. Um, so sure. you were born a private lender, correct? I was born to a very rich family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and your dad told your dad told you invest this $10 million dollars however you want, right? They basically. That's he said, exactly how it happened. I, um, I had three trust funds growing up and uh, <laughs> it was my choice on how to spend uh, each of them, but no. Uh, no, seriously, th thank you guys for uh, for having me uh, come on the show. I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for you know getting getting the love out there on social media. As you know, we try to, we were both trying to expand our, our podcast and our, our spheres, uh, world of influence that we have. So, thank you very much. And uh, really, I mean, my my story is um, 
I don't know if it's typical or not. I, I, I hated numbers growing up. I was more of uh, a daydreamer and didn't do well at math. And um, in fact, my, my mom actually went to work at my high school just to make sure that I, I would graduate. And I did, and I always, I, I, I always. <laughs> Hold on, you got you gotta dig a little bit into that because we like okay. the funny stories. What do you mean that your mom had to go to work in high school so you can graduate? Okay, so um, <laughs> I was, uh, I guess the word is a uh, slacker. I uh -huh. think is the right word uh, is what they say. Anyway, procrastinator. I, yes, I yeah, definitely a procrastinator. And so my mom was working. Works well under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You ever find out all all procrastinators, man? They're good at, no. at, at when it gets towards the end. Yeah. They'll make it happen, man. I just need 15 minutes. Yes. That's all I need. I can get whatever it is done in 15 you know, minutes. That last 15 minutes. I think I've I I completely fall into that category because um, you know. <laughs> I used to have a, uh, a boss that, you know, told me, he was like, I don't care what you do as long as you do your work. And I'm like, okay. So I, I'll come Monday to to work and I'll say, okay, so what do I have to do this week? Okay, by the end of this week, I need to turn these drawings to this client. All right. And I did nothing for like Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Then Friday, I'll come all fired up. I got eight hours to get these drawings done. Boom. <laughs> done so, and out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay, but this this show is not on how do you become a procrastinator. Don't oh, get that wrong. No, no. this is about, about we want Keith. former procrastinators. Yes, people who take action now. But that was my. That so was she my went background. to work at your high school yeah, doing it's, what? It's funny, uh, uh, the bookkeeper helping. The, oh, she was. It's funny the bookkeeper <laughs> helping the principal. Is, <laughs> yeah, she, it was funny. She was right behind the principal's. There was a principal's office, uh, like a little conference room, and then my mom's office. So like when all the clubs and stuff would sell, you know, the M and M's and the candy, and they'd yeah. bring all this cash, and you know, my mom had. A money counting machine and the little the little thing where the ch the change would scroll down and the quarters and the yeah. dimes and every, you know, and um, I got sent to her office more than I did the principal's office <laughs> when I was in high school. So seriously, and she was you know put you busy. in line. Yeah, it was you know we'll just we'll talk we'll, square you, you away. Know, we'll discuss this with your father when you, he gets home. You know yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, mom, fine. And that's that must be horrible, man, because now oh. you're thinking, oh my god, mom is gonna go tell my dad. Yeah. What I did today, so that's the agony in between. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. one o'clock in the afternoon until whenever yeah. you saw your dad in the in the evening, which is probably the last face you wanted to see that hey, day. My mom was my yeah. math and science teacher, fourth, oh. fifth, and sixth grade. So <laughs> tell me about it. I mean, having yeah. your mom there in the classroom, it's horrible. But this is how you get the shiny object syndrome. We start talking about Keith and the Private Lender podcast, and we end up talking about. Mom's procrastination and procrastination mom, mom and, and teaching math. Anyways, getting back on track. The moral of the story is don't do what we're talking about. Is, uh, but yeah, so I, um, I it's funny. I was, uh, I, I didn't want to go to school or anything, college, and my dad was begging me. And uh, anyway, so I, I want to pay your college education. Go. Yeah, well, it was funny. <laughs> so I, I, I ultimately, I stayed home. I went to junior college. I worked, and you know, kind of that that thing. And um, I found out like, wait, wait a minute, I could. I don't have to go to class. Like I can, I can choose not to go to school. <laughs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> the procrastination you know? <laughs> continues. So. Look, man, when I went to college, the only reason I went to college was, was to, to take a look at the girls. That's it. I knew it. Boom. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't care for the class. You know, I was like, I'm, I was going for business, right? And you got these guys teaching business, and that's not the business you're sure, for. What, what kind of business do you own? Oh, <laughs> uh, none. I'm just the teacher here. Yeah. And you're like, and I, I am supposed to learn business from you? From this guy. 
Right, and so I quickly dropped. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. But and, and just we'll get back on track. But just you know, my favorite day of school was always the first day of the fall semester when it was August and it was very hot outside. Okay, you yeah. know what I mean. Skirts I think, and, and I think yeah. exactly. That's that's um, that was August. Well, that so. that was every day for us down in Puerto Rico. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so every day you, you want to go to school at that point, you know. Actually, but, Tuesdays um, were cool because Tuesday and Thursday people had the least amount of classes, and everyone would go to the beach. So girls would show up to school like with the top of her, you know, bikini, and from there go. You see, this is what happened. We did an hour ago. That sounds horrible. We did a (laughs) podcast where Keith actually interviewed us for his private lending podcast. It went well. It went very well. (laughs) Yeah. In between his podcast and this new podcast, we had a beer. One beer. And now we're talking about girls in bikinis and, you know, the first day (laughs) of summer. You can tell we're getting old because one beer. So, yeah, one beer gets you going, right? So, anyways. I shouldn't be doing this for the record. I have daughters. I, I shouldn't be saying I do, too, thing. man. I got <laughs> okay. daughters. I got kids. Let's I got old. talk about private lending. Right, but, private lending. So, but getting back with the private lenders. So. Back to, yeah. So, when I was uh, – ultimately, uh, I did transfer out and go to school and, and, and finish. But while I was there, um, you know, my dad, you know, cut me off. You know, <laughs> glad you got to go to a major university, but I'm done. So, I was like, okay. So, I started working – uh, construction and you know and one thing my dad did do though he did say look I'll buy you a power washer if you think you can use it so I started hustling power washing concrete and decks and driveways and things around the neighborhood and so I just kind of parlayed that into the uh, construction side and while I was at uh, school we I worked for this uh, Ed Phillips construction and Ed uh, was a plumber and a licensed uh, master plumber but he was also a fireman so every third day Ed was at the fire station and he ran crews and we did a lot of make readies you know college town we did all those kind of things so um i did that for um well i was with ed for a year until i could i could finish up school and then when i got out i um started just kind of continued that on my own uh i went and worked at a bar for a little while and um <laughs> and then uh went into you know construction or a project or a construction management for a home builder for um, okay for uh mhi mcguire home builders Plantation Pioneer and um, uh, and Coventry. Anyway, this uh, is all in Houston, right? This is all in Houston. I was born and raised in Houston. Born and raised here, okay. Yeah, down here. So um, go to work for them. And then, uh, you know, growing up, my dad my dad was in the oil field. He was a chemist in the oil field. And he always told me never go in the oil field. And um, in the early 2000s, the oil field was, you know, picking up. So I went in. I, I started working at. Uh, a little company called Schlumberger. Uh, okay. down in <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The, the Blue Army. <laughs> the, the blue. The, the, we called ourselves Smurfs because we had to wear blue on the yeah. rigs. But um, yeah, so I, I gained a lot of great. I, I worked uh, measurement while drilling, so I basically ran a GPS tool that was you know underground, and that you probably know a lot of my friends. As about yeah, say uh, you worked at Weatherford, yeah. <laughs> just well, I, before Weatherford, I was with Drill Quip and FMC. Oh, oh, really? Okay. But yeah. I ran the wellheads when they were the MWD guys were drilling. So yeah. you know we. We were there on the rig hanging out pretty much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, yeah, everyone's watching the videos from the directional drill. Right. Right, you know, because right. they had the best videos, if you know what I mean. But anyway, um, enough rig <laughs> talk. Um, <laughs> See uh, how so we get off track. I didn't get yes, that exactly. one. Exactly. That was my fault. I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, that's the old field hand coming back to exactly, him. Exactly. That's the old field. You, so, can't, you can't get rid of it uh, yeah. once it's in you. So anyway, um, st- while I was in the field, I started a family. And I was always kind of dabbling. I always, you know, I, it always kind of killed me. Ed Phillips did a great thing for me because it's, it's stuck in my head he's like hey th- you know this duplex is for sale you you want to you want to go halves on it and we'll rent it out to college students i go man i'm about to leave and he's like i'm not going anywhere you know i, I live here and i i chickened out i said no 
and I regret it because I just happened to look at what that street, those duplexes oh, were going wow. for 20 years later. Wow. Like, they could have been paid for already. Been, I could pay for my kid's college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like Ricardo's story with his 200 bitcoins that he sold for like $20. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, look, look, look. So, so I bought, Shiny I bought, so long story short, I bought 200 bitcoins, a <laughs> dollar each. Okay. Nice. In November 2017, a bitcoin was worth nineteen thousand dollars. So if you do the math, that's like four million dollars. I did the math, and if if I would have kept those two hundred bitcoins, that would have been four and a half million dollars. There you go. And And how much you have now? (laughs) I only sold them for ten grand back then, so I did make some money. It's a win. I mean, I made ninety-eight hundred dollars of two hundred bucks. I mean, that's what kind of return is that, right? But those are the $4 million more expensive that I've paid for in my life. <laughs> because if I would have forgotten about those 200 Bitcoins, yeah, I don't think I'll be sitting on this podcast, guys. Oh, you, you, you would. Fun. It's just, you no, know, we'll be I doing the podcast from I Hawaii. Wouldn't because I will be living in Mexico, probably. <laughs> uh, the beach. I'm not a mountain guy. I'm a beach guy. Although I do go through mountains every now and then. But I would have been sipping on rum and maybe or watching somebody else's podcast, you know. Uh, yeah. But anyways, let's get back. It to wasn't track. meant for okay. it wasn't meant for me. So hey, I didn't get to cash in big on the Bitcoin deal. But hey, no, but look, look, I, you know that's it's still a win. It's not as big a win as it oh, could no, have no, been. No, no, no. You, you know, you didn't you do anything what, wrong, dude. And you know when I got those ten grand, when I needed it the most, <laughs> I had more month than the end of my money that month. Hey, that's I, why I went to look for those two hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I did well. My my story like that not as not as big, but I uh, I must have been around thirteen. 12 or 13, I bought a Jose Canseco rookie card. Oh, wow. Right. Oh. All right, you guys know. Okay, so I think I paid $10 for it, and then I wrote a hot check. What? So I must have been 16. I must have been – I, I bought it when I was younger anyway. I wrote a hot check. I went to – you know, and – well, I, it, w- it wasn't intentional. You know, I just didn't, yeah. I didn't you bounce know how my to checkbook. You know, I wasn't you know, in, you know, trying to steal or anything. Anyway, yeah, the bank came back and was like, well, you owe this money here. And the store said, well, you owe us $20. I'm like, oh, crap. So I went to my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, I did this. He's like, tough. Good luck. You figure it out. So I sold a Jose Canseco rookie card to cover my hot check. Oh. Yeah. And how much is it worth now? I have not looked because I don't want to know. Right. Okay. Yeah. But that's it, it's similar. But yeah. It, it, you know, it, that's easy. Uh, Hold on. Keep talking. Yeah, as I say, yeah. Look at Jose Canseco. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was the uh, Donruss uh, Jose Canseco rookie card. But anyway, um, so in the oil field, I'll get back on track. This is all my fault. I apologize. Renovating um, <laughs> Riches Podcast Nation. There. Uh, so, you know, uh, in the oil field, started a family and. Um, my father-in-law got ill. My dad, uh, you know, family just, you know, the, the dynamic started to shift. I, it was best if I come home. And so I took a job as a uh, an insurance adjuster for the oil field. And I told the recruiter no three times. She called me and said, hey, it's, you got this construction and, you know, you got residential construction. We also have commercial because I did some commercial stuff, did some works for some rehabs, or not rehabs, but some remodels for some Walmarts with the subcontractor and stuff. And you got the oil field. And how, you, have you ever thought about insurance? I'm like, hell no. I don't want that. She called the third time. No, they really want to interview you, so okay, fine. And I, I took a leap. I said, fine, let's let's do it. And I, I started, oh, I jumped right when oil kind of peaked. So um, 
08, I became an insurance adjuster. $120 a barrel. It was or 145, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. By, the time, by the time I accepted the position, I think it was down in the 130s, but it was definitely on the slide down. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, having, I mean, my dad was in New Orleans, so I, you know, he sat on a couch for like eight months one time when I went to crap in the 80s. So I figured I, I got to do something. I actually quick. got friends right now that have been sitting on the couch for three years now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this time around is a lot worse yep. um, than. Now it shows some signs of recovery, but anyway, yeah, yeah. gas is going up. I fill up my car and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, but it really has nothing to do with the price of gas. It's got to do more with the price of oil itself mm -hmm. and whether well, it's, it's expensive. Oh, you, right? well, you know, we we opened up all the. Well, I'm not going. It's not a show on oil. We'll get to that another time. But yeah, it's the economics behind the macro behind it. But um, so anyway, I became an adjuster uh, for the oil field, and but I always kept. Uh, kind of my toe in the, in the real estate thing, you know. I'd right. Go to the RIAs, and, and this is back before meetups weren't really that big at the time. But you know, I was a, I was a member. Well, the of only the reason they're big now is because there's so many. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, in, in Houston at least. Oh, definitely. You go to another saturated. city, it's not the same thing. Yeah, Houston's pretty much saturated yeah. with, with meetups it's because all the people they have laid out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The oil yeah, field. Trying to they need something. to find something to do. So. Yeah, and they watch Home and Garden television and say, yeah. "Hey, I want." Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. So I, I kept in with real estate and kept doing the insurance adjusting, and and you know I have the same adjuster's license as the guys that look, you know, that come out and adjust the your, your auto wreck or your, you know, your Harvey claim on your house. But I, you know, my average, you know, I don't deal in tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. My job, we deal in millions. Right. right. So. One day I turn around and I realize like, holy crap, man! I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to like a billion dollars of other people's money that I've, you know, handled, and um, sitting around, I'm like, well, I need to, you know, I had, I had the Dave Ramsey moment, you know, like I need to figure all this out and let's get a plan and let's pay it forward, and I decided, hey, you know what, I'm gonna, I heard about this thing at Quest IRA, I'm like, I'm gonna go take take a class. So I took my wife and she was like, yeah, this this sounds interesting. This is kind of right up your alley. I'm comfortable doing this with you. And so I was like, okay, but I didn't do anything for a while. This is like 08, 09. Oh, wow. So that's been almost 10 years. Oh, this is when Quest was like a tiny little office. Like right. they didn't have the whole downstairs like they do in the building now. Like this Quest was, it, the room was like this little triangle with like 12 seats. Yeah, it was Quincy and his brother probably sitting side by side. Those yeah, Quincy brother. and Nathan <laughs> yeah, sitting there. I and, think Nathan uh, wasn't there. He came later, right? Nathan, uh, well, Quincy did the first class I went to, and then, and then I met Nathan, uh, I guess it was the second class. But this was back um, – when Quincy had hair, before he yeah, shaved yeah. his head, oh, wow. you know? so yeah, this was this was a while ago. Yeah, long hair. It wasn't long. Oh, it was okay. it was respectable, you know. It wasn't as short as mine, but you know, it was uh, it was uh, he had well before he uh, he shaved it. So, um, but yeah, so I I had you know I had my old Schlumberger four hundred one k. I had I had you know a few other. I'd worked at uh, Reliant Energy and stuff, and my wife had worked at Enron. She got out before the crooked the E went down. But oh, yeah, wow, yeah. Wow. So we we just took our uh, some of our our four hundred one ks and put them into self directed and. I um, kind of sat on the sideline for a few months, and then um, I met a guy at, at Aria, and he's like, look, you know, this is what I need. I need money to acquire properties. I'm going to borrow your money for uh, six months. I, will, I, I only pay 8%, but you'll get your money back and refinance out. And when I refinance out in six months, we close at a title company, blah, 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 kind of the normal spiel that people yep. who look for private lenders give. And I was skeptical. I, ma I made him meet me at a Starbucks uh, I didn't even drink coffee then, but uh, <laughs> I was like, "We're going to meet at the Starbucks." And <laughs> yeah, he, he can sat I get down. a bottle of water? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, um, no bourbon, maybe. But uh, <laughs> he he sat down at the table, and I said, "You know, look, I um I don't know who you are, really. I mean, I know you have a good reputation around, you know, the, the Ria Club and whatnot, but I don't know who you are." And he just 
put everything on the table. He said, look, there's my credit report. You know, this is where one of my tenants has sued me. You know, I do have a judgment against me. And just, he laid him, hey, what's up, truck? How you doing? But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> That's what we like about the podcast. Squirrel. Right? But uh, <laughs> you know when it gets interesting? When crash. Was that when they crash? Well, yeah, yeah when right they crash. Like, or when yeah. somebody turns this way, because this is one way. Yeah. We see it all, all the, the time. Oh, I bet you do, yeah. yeah. For people that are just listening to the podcast, you know, <laughs> we are at a very busy intersection where, um, yeah, we have windows just like the Today Show, you know, that you see cars behind. But we, 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 we actually thought about should, having yeah. our studio in that corner with the view of the cars. But then we said, no, nah, they'll get distracted with all the stuff that happens behind us. So yeah. let's just let's just. <laughs> pull over this way you know now. probably get some guy that i grew up with like standing in the window just right, staring right. at you you know uh, going like this <laughs> doing the elevator yeah. stuff no, they're doing like little little <laughs> horns over your head or something you know okay back sorry yeah so um anyway uh yeah so i started uh i, I told him i said look i want more than eight percent but i tell i tell you what i i'll do eight percent but you have to walk me through everything you got to hold my hand take me to the property you know i want to see the floorboards i want to see everything and he did and I, the first three loans I did with this guy, he, you know, we, he walked through and just did everything. And then I got very comfortable with that. I said, okay. Um, I still go look at every property. I see it. I touch it. I taste it. Man, I mean, not taste it, but I, I put my hands on it, you know, walk on it. We got know, some permission. that you probably don't want to taste. Yeah. I was, I, well, I've been, to, I've been to a few. I've loaned on a few of them that you, you want to keep your mouth and your yeah. nose shut when you walk in. But, yeah, um, yeah so that, that's, that's, that's kind of how I got started. And my adjusting career kind of blossomed at the same time. And. Uh, I, I found myself going from, you know, oh, I can't wait to quit. I'm going to do real estate to, oh, I can't wait to have my own adjusting company and real estate company. Right, you know, right, like right. Because yeah. you enjoy both. I do. I really do. I mean, I've been I've been to the Straits of Magellan. I've been to Norway. been to London, um, you know, South China Sea. I mean, just on somebody else's nickel, you know. Like right. I get to, you know, uh, eating eating uh, steak and drinking Malbec in Buenos Aires. Right. Uh, and I didn't. It, all it cost me was my time. Yeah, you know that was. Uh, but and you got paid for it. I got paid. Yeah, but, but exactly. you were traveling because of uh, Slumberjay or no, this, no, this is adjusting. adjusting. Yeah, this is losses. Yes, yeah, Slumberjay kept me in South Texas in the Gulf of Mexico. I didn't get to travel too much. He learned a little bit of Texican while he was in South Texas with Slumberjay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, my first job was in uh, was right, uh, right right south of Zapata in Falcon State Park, and uh, the, 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 the another squirrel story, a shiny object. The uh, the crew. For, it was uh, neighbors drilling. They were all they were okay. all Mexicans, right? And they, I mean, the nationals. But they had visas to come over, and they all spoke perfect English. And uh, we, we, I got down there on uh, December thirtieth, and it was it, the cold snap came, and there's all these rattlesnakes out on the road. Oh wow! And they hadn't even put the mast up on the rig yet, and the uh, the assistant driller was going around with the five gallon bucket, picking up all the rattlesnakes and popping their head on the ground. We had the best barbecue on that wow. rig that night, and um, yeah, it was snake it, barbecue. It, snake barbecue. Like, on the, uh, oh, it was. It was. Yeah, I nah. hate snakes, but uh, anyway, no, I, I digress. Um, but yeah, so th- but I, I but, the, but the adjusting business took took you took worldwide. Basically, it's like me. World. I joined the navy to see the world, and I saw South Texas because <laughs> I was stationed out in Ingleside. Okay, Going so inside. yeah, so I saw Ingleside right. <laughs> And I drove in between San Antonio and Ingleside at the time because that's where my girlfriend, <laughs> that's my ex-girlfriend, the worst luck you can ever Dude, right? I'm sure I not. joined it to see the world, and there <laughs> I was in Ingleside. Ingleside and I'm looking at it like, what is, am I doing? Isn't Corpus Christi the world? Look. And Robstown. Then, and then I, oh, yeah, yeah, I know Robstown <laughs> oh, very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So then I get out of the Navy, and I joined the oil field. I joined the oil field. Yeah. To and stay now, home. And, and then you and stayed then, in Robstown when you were no, 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 because now, so I'm working for this company called FMC Technologies. Right. And I'm a sub-sea hand, 
and I'm going all over oh, the world. Oh, yeah, you are going business on. class. That's the only way to go when you're going I, long haul. Sometimes I get mad because they pay fifteen thousand dollars for one of my plane tickets, and I didn't make that much money. You know, yeah. I'm, the most I would make back then was probably eight or nine grand, and I said, man, they're paying more for my plane ticket that I'm actually making. You know, yeah. But I got to see the world just like yourself. Yeah, you know, you know? and and it's, I love that. And I mean, I, I've I've been inside of uh, you know, my, my first trip to London was when I was in college. I was a broke backpack student, and um. And London uh, is expensive. Uh, yeah, I, I stayed literally. I stayed two days and I got out. You're like, okay, I need to go. Yeah, and I, I was staying at a hostel. I think it was like, like it was like still like thirty or forty dollars a night, and it was just nasty. I didn't even take a shower. It was so nasty. But anyway, wow. so my first trip to London as an adjuster was completely. Different. Oh yeah, now you're eating steak. Oh, at yeah, the nice steakhouses. I mean, it's just you know curries and you know I got to wear a suit, but, but you know I'm drinking pints and they take us into Lloyd's and they you know Lloyd's of London and they show yeah. us all this stuff and all the levels and. Um, I'm like, man, this is this is actually kind of cool, and and there's a lot of other people's money changing hands every day there, and being an adjuster, I, you know, I get to see a lot of the claim. My specialties uh, are blowouts, uh, upstream and midstream was kind of where I right. uh, my specialties, and so um, yeah, I, I love that, and you know, do someday hope to have my own. Uh, now, do you know how Lloyd's of London got created? Coffee shop bunch of ship owners that is exactly sat right. around and we're thinking hey man you just lost a ship but if everybody put in a little bit of money into a pot you know and, there's, and lloyd's was a coffee shop just a little cafe yeah and they say put a little money in, and this is how insurance started actually yeah and they put in money everyone paid a little bit of money and if they lost a ship boom here's your cargo money here's your money to go buy another ship and then everybody every year you put a little money back in the pot and now I don't know how many. There's hundreds of syndicates, and because uh, there are companies, Lloyd's isn't just one. I mean, Lloyd's is one company, but Lloyd's of London, as we know it, is uh, several several companies that have come together that take. Uh, you know, they buy 10% of this insurance. They're buying risk, whatever. basically. Yeah, they're buying risk. You're trading risk. It's, yeah. it's exactly it. So um, it, it, I found it very, you know, quite fascinating. And then at that point, I guess is when like everything just started, kind of, you know, the gear started to grind and um, with Quest and everything, and then. I um yeah you know, I I had mentors you know I'm gonna do little foreclosures and I had coaches and stuff and I found out that I'm a horrible landlord and um there's a there's a young couple I need to apologize for in Baytown I I'm sorry you know who you are but um they <laughs> you, just you didn't have to get the lawyer you didn't have to get the lawyer <laughs> but anyway um that's I learned a lesson about partners and and rentals and and what partners were doing when you didn't know what they were doing and what they were telling the tenant so. Um, but I've always just kind of, kind of gravitated back into private lending because I, you know, I, I, I keep my day. J I, I can't do a rehab because um, you're you know, busy tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, I might get a call. There's a yeah. blowout in Oklahoma, and I'm on a plane you're to busy. Oklahoma City or you know uh, maybe North Dakota or wherever the oil is, you know. So, but private lending, within reason, I can stay active. I can stay involved, and it's led to so many things. You know, I, I've I've gotten other partners. I've done other JVs, done other businesses, and because I always believe in a side hustle. And right. it's been it's been amazing. And then when I started looking around that, you know, nobody's talking about private lending. I mean, gurus are talking about private lending. People who utilize private lending and realize the power that private money has were talking about it. But nobody was out there saying, hey, you know, Mr. Accountant, Mr. Engineer, stay at your job. Keep your 401k and your insurance. But it doesn't take a whole lot to learn how to successfully and safely lend to people who know what they're doing. And so I started the podcast and, to uh, and don't get me wrong, sometimes, them. sometimes people that know what they're doing, they still end up they're in a bind. Well, all investment is a risk. All investment involves risk. All investments, I should say, involve risk. So my thing is, look, I want to help people 
uh, mitigate that risk and, right. and learn how to do it safely. And look, you, you know, sometimes you know, you invest long enough, you're going to have a loss. Yeah. You know, everybody is. I don't care if it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, Bitcoin. The good thing matter. with us is that none of our investors has had a loss. I did get myself in a bind at one point when Harvey happened. Sure. Because everything stopped. I got 45 employees that are not there anymore, you know, rehabbing our houses. But we still got the interest payments every month. Yeah. And now we're not able to acquire houses because everybody's backed up, you know. So he created a chaos around our business on the flipping side. Absolutely. Wholesaling side, we're like, now we're picking up all Boom. these properties, yeah. right? So we were able to uh, basically make up for our losses on the wholesaling. And nice. so we didn't go under. We could have gone under because yeah. now you got rehabs that are not finished. And, and no, no like crews are coming over to do it. No, they're getting we're still struggling to get oh, crews. Yeah, it's going to hit. It's, it's going to be in Houston so, for a while. Yeah. So I'm reaching out to my private lenders now. It's like, dude, you're going to have to give me a break here because what happened is just not normal, you know? Correct. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know. Do you need more money? Yeah. You got <laughs> we'll a, take you got it. good private lenders. Then, yeah, yeah, we got some good private lenders. And yeah. they, they're very understandable. And that, we, we, we did, we have, I have a, a loan out in, um, in Orange, not Orange, sorry, um, Port Arthur. You know, very similar story. The guy, the guy bought the house six days before Harvey. And I told him, I said, look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do, a, we'll restructure the loan. You know, don't worry about payments. We'll just put everything on the back end. Yep. You know, and, and I was like, things happen, you know. And, um, you know, and it's fine. He's cool with it. So, you know, we're still working that. And, you know, and he's, well, he actually just started uh, kicking back in. So, you know, everything's, everything's working normal. But. I do have a question for you. I know it's your show. Sorry, but so but but you you make none of your lenders suffered, did they? No, I might have gotten behind a little bit on a couple of payments because there was no cash flow. Sure. And now I got no crews, so yeah. now you can't flip a house. You can't sell the house. It's not. I finished. can't do nothing, right? Yeah. But I got some lenders that I understand. They are like, we know, they've been in this business long enough. Sure. But some of the new ones, they want to see that payment hit that one day, right? And then the day, the payment doesn't hit. Oh, Ricardo, what's going on? Am I in trouble? So I was like, No, nah, yeah. you're not in troubles. <clears throat> I'm behind because I got cash flow yeah. that is coming in or whatever. But we're wholesaling here, so we're making money on the other side, and we're making up for our losses. Don't get me wrong; I'm still paying all my lenders sure. for all that time that the houses. I'm. We're not even saying, Hey, I'm gonna pay you on the back end, or no, I'm gonna pay you whatever I owe you. Sure. I'm going to finish the property, in which we have. We have finished a lot of these properties. They're on the market now. And we're in the process of finishing whatever we picked up during that time. Um, so it, has it been easy? No. But that has made us grow even more. Oh, absolutely. Because now we got to go acquire more. we got to go wholesale more. Um, and we're ramping up the, the mailing business as well. So it's the key is to have multiple streams of income. I don't know that some of the flippers out there that were rehabbing during Harvey survived. I think only the big ones did. Like the guys that had like very solid businesses and they got a lot of like private lenders and yeah. and people that understand really what happened or what needs to take place in order for them to survive. But I don't know if the little guy did it because the little so guy doesn't have a bunch of other money lined up to go. You doesn't know. have four crews or, or, you know, doesn't have the money, like you said, the, the money lined up. Or even their, his own credit cards or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, because at the end of no, the day. Maybe they had a budget to do this house, and now that budget is completely blown because, yeah. you know, people that were 
you know, making ten dollars an hour are now making twenty five just because. You know, I give you an example. They can. <laughs> yeah, because they can. So we got we got these guys that are starving for work because they they come to us and they oh, sir, we need I need work. I'm I'm starving. And I said okay, man, go quote me this drywall work. Uh, you need to, you know, hang the drywall, float tape and texture, mm-hmm. and then paint it. Oh, yeah, that's one hundred and fifty dollars a sheet. And I was like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? That's like a twenty thousand dollar job on a fifteen hundred square foot house. That doesn't make no sense, man. Mm. Labor, only labor. He's not talking about materials. He's not talking about one fifty sheet just to hang. One fifty, and okay. then like, oh, but because it. you guys will give it to you for one twenty. And this was thirty dollars like eight months ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 Harvey killed a lot of business. Uh, well, the contractors it didn't kill theirs, but. It's the, you know the investors that he had heard. No, of. but the, the 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 thing is, a lot of these contractors are not busy. No, because they want to charge that money. Does they still think they can get it? Yeah, but they're not getting it from us. Yeah. So we, I rather, like I tell Dennis all the time, I rather pay my investor ten percent, make him happy, because he's gonna keep loaning me money. Yep. The contractor, you know. <laughs> How many f- contractors have you gone through, right? Oh, Versus man. your lenders, you get the right. I think I think you get the right mindset there. Totally. I don't know how many contractors. I've only maybe had one lender that got pissed off because we didn't uh, sell the house, and he had an equity appreciation on it. Okay. You follow me? Yeah, yeah. And now so he wanted a quick turnaround then, or he, quicker. It wasn't so much a quick turnaround, but it was more that he was counting on that appreciation to get paid. In order for him to spend it on some freaking toy or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or maybe take that vacation that he's been planning for. Yeah. But we couldn't sell the house, so I had to refinance it. And hey, man, you're off of it. You know, there's no equity going forward um, because the house got rented. And don't get me wrong, I wanted to sell it too because I could have made some money. Uh, but other than that, then you get the occasionals that you pay a day late and they're like, oh my God, the world is ending. Yeah. But other than that, for the most part, most of our private funds have come through our lenders because they go and grab another one and bring them here. And they grow, they bring all these newbies that they've never done a lending ever. They're hesitant about putting their money in Quest because it's not the normal thing. It's not Schwab. It's not Fidelity. It's not Merrill Lynch or something like that. And it's our lender telling them, dude, it's okay, man. Put the money to work. This is safer than playing with stocks or or playing the stock market or whatnot and it's been word of mouth for the most part we've gone and picked up a couple of lenders at quest because we just got up there and pitched it uh i had one lender that i'm not gonna mention any any names but he told me son i got a little eighty thousand dollars i can loan and i said all right man let me show you what i'm doing and he got on my truck and i started i did the money tour is what i call it I showed him all my rehabs that are ongoing at the moment. And when he got done with the, I think I showed him like seven or eight properties at the time. He said, how in the hell are you buying all these houses? And I said, what are you talking about, man? I I mean, I just go find the deal and then I go find the money and I (laughs) put the two together and then I buy the house. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but most of the houses, most of the guys that are flipping houses in Houston, they're not doing what you're doing. And you're not in the, any of the RIAs. You're not in any of the guru groups. I was like, I don't have time for that. 
I only got time to go buy houses, flip them. That way I can make money, you know, and pay my bills. And he's like, all right, son, I don't have 80 grand. I got a million bucks. When do we put it to work? And that was kind of like the, the faucet that opened up. And when we, we went and got more properties, then then he started bringing more money from his uncle and and other people and you know and then our friends that got a little bit of 60,000 here 50,000 there they started bringing all these things together and before you knew it boom that's how it kind of like grew but it was because we went out and market ourselves we weren't uh shy on inviting people to come look at our properties we still do it we still bring every single private lender hey you want to go look at properties I got so many properties that you will tell me at one point during the day, all right, man, I've seen enough. Take me back. You know, let's go have lunch or whatever. Um, but anyways, that's not about me. It's about him. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, let's let's get, get back on, on Keith's story. Um, so, Keith, we, we get the part of why you started the Private Lender Podcast. Which is, by the way, we applaud it because. Oh, thank you. It's I think uh, there needs to be a lot more education about it. For the regular person that, like you said, the engineer, the guy that has a job, and and, and yeah, and, and, and locally, locally we got you know we have been mentioning Quest IRA, um, and they have their Tuesday morning and Tuesday evening class if you want to call it that. But I mean, if you're not in the Houston area, you're in, I don't know Oklahoma, uh, Alabama. You can still pick up the phone and call Quest. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they 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 webcast. do their webinar. They, yeah. yeah, they webcast so, all those classes, so, so you can watch online. So what exactly uh, do you do with your podcast? I mean, do you interview? How do you come up with the podcast? Like, okay, I understand you were doing private lending, mm -hmm. but what came to you that you said, you know what, I'm gonna do a podcast about this thing? I, it's a, it's a really good question, and I don't, I just. I, I don't have a good I don't have a clean answer for you. I uh it it just it, it I've I've always had business ideas. Oh, wouldn't it be great to do this? Wouldn't it be great to do that? And I, and and I get excited, and then when like 20 minutes later, and I talk myself out of it. Nah, that'll never work. Nobody will ever do that. And when I was like, it just hit me. Like I didn't even think I'm gonna do a podcast. I just I just it just the thought hit me. I was on vacation with the my wife and kids, and I was like, I'm gonna do the private lender podcast, and I'm gonna talk about private lending so that people who commute every morning and afternoon, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, or whatever, like I was doing. That's how I. I mean, that's I was listening to podcasts kind of all over the place, you know, from like Radio Lab and NPR stuff to real estate investing and you know, entrepreneur stuff. And um, I was like, well, there's nobody doing private lending, and I, you know, I, I still want to change the world. I want to, I want to get it to where I really think that that things are going to change dramatically and the more people are involved with you know whether it be banking private lending investing the better um and you know you know my wife i said my wife worked at enron um i don't know if that was on my show or your show but um you know things can go horribly wrong with stocks now you know hopefully you can get out but uh, i was uh interviewed mitch steven on my podcast the owner finance guy and he said you know if every one of bernie madoff's victims had a, for every $65,000 they had invested with Bernie, if they had a $100,000, a home that was worth $100,000, none of them would have gone broke. None of them. They'd all have something and wouldn't be waiting for the court to decide how much of their money they're going to give back mm -hmm. because they'd have that hard asset backing that investment. Yeah, it's a foreclosure. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell, mo or we tell most of our investors, that, look, man, if I die tomorrow, because that's a possibility. Yeah, sure is, yeah. If I die tomorrow, you got something you can go reclaim. Yep. And then you can go grab Dennis and say, Dennis, 
I'm going to deed this over to you now. You're going to go flip it. And by the yeah. way, I'm going to loan you the money at 10% or whatever. Yeah. Done. Now, I love the story they tell about the guy that used to have two properties over at Quest. And one of the properties, uh, he loaned the money to somebody that started, like, not paying. Mm-hmm. And he went on for, like, years. And then he they owed taxes. And the, one of the houses burned down. And he was not insured. And it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, this is a deal gone wrong every way you can think about it. And then at the end, he still got the properties. And when he sold the one property that uh, was still standing there for pretty much almost pennies on the dollar, he still got all his money back. Yeah. Because the property had appreciated so much throughout the years that the two lots were worth yeah. X amount and plus the house. So. No way you can lose. Um, yeah. And I, I look at it like this. like you, you, Anyone can go out and make a company. They can file an LLC, an INC, a DBA, right? And, you know, I, I don't know what the statistics are now about, you know, how many businesses fail or whatever within the first five years. But there's one thing I can guarantee you. They're not making any more land, yep. you know, in real estate. And, that it, it, and you back that. You back your investment. You back your loan with it. And, look, I'm not going to say that nothing can go wrong. Oh, a lot happen. of things can go wrong. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of things that can go wrong, but you've got that asset yeah, behind you're it. You're not going to lose 100% of what you put exactly. in. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, and let's talk a little bit about your podcast. So, how, how is it structured? I mean, do you interview other private lenders or you interview, uh, I mean, uh, how it, how does it work? I mean, how how you bring that teaching part to other people that are maybe on the sideline thinking, oh, should I put my money to work or not? I'm what I, I like to do is I like to split it up. I like to I like to alternate. I like to do a solo cast where it's just me for about ten minutes, fifteen okay. minutes, and I'll take a topic like um, say ARV after repaired value. Let's talk about after repaired value. I'm not a realtor. I don't have access to the MLS. Well, good luck. There's this thing called the World Wide Web, and now you're not going to drill down and get exact, but you can build a range. You can look at enough websites and go, okay, houses in this neighborhood. At, you know, you can kind of get a price per square foot of what you can get an idea of what it's worth and you can look at, okay, they've, you know, this one's got Formica, this one's got granite, you know, and kind of build your range and figure out where you're going to be. Or maybe it's LTV, you know, and LTV is everything as a lender, you know, you, that's where you keep yourself safe. And so I, I have, I had a show on that, um, you know, where to get money, you know, IRAs, cash money, inheritances. I know guys that uh, go get home equity lines of credit, you mm-hmm. know, they borrow at 4% and loan it out at uh, anywhere from eight to 13. And they, you know, take the equity spread, you know, and just keep, just keep going with it. Yeah. And the interest on the on the HELOC, well, at least it was deductible. I'm, I'm not sure if it is or not now after uh, the new tax plan, but it was in, 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 the, in the old way it was. And I, and I when we, uh, I took a HELOC out to do my old house, the uh, the eight year flip. Uh, I was I was telling you about yeah. <laughs> my, the, my starter <laughs> home with my wife. Yeah, I, we uh, to fix it up initially, we we took out a little bit of a HELOC, and then I took um, I say took a little bit, I took, you know, just to get it going, and I was like. This is line of credit, right? Like, give me a little more. I've got a deal I can put some money into, and mm-hmm. I'm only paying four point eight, and I can go get ten percent. Yeah, make you know? spread. So, boom, done. You know, and of course now when I sold my house, I had to pay it off. But guess what? That money was still out there working for me, and it was cash money, not an IRA. Right. Yeah, I got to pay taxes on it, but I can use that money when it comes back to me. So um, anyway, so I'll do the solo cast. And then I, I like to interview uh, people who are private lenders or people who utilize private lenders, because what I want to do is I want to get. Both sides of the both sides, both sides, yeah. and and I, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to have uh, impl- I do mindset because there is a mindset you need to be I think to have to be a, a private lender. Just like 
there's a mindset if you're going to invest in real estate mm-hmm. then um you know it, like it's easy to put money in a 401k and choose you know i retire in this year and you know choose that that fund that's going to get you there and the mix will asset mix will and that's fine and i know a lot of people i know a guy right now is a client of mine in the in the insurance world he's a millionaire simply off of 401ks that's it right and, and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but for me, and I know, and there's a lot of people like me, and we want more. We want, mm-hmm. You know, we want to be more active. We want to be a little bit more involved. So I bring in hard money lenders. I bring in investors. You know, um, I've, uh, you know, we, we, I just kicked off the podcast on January 1st. Stephen Kaufman, owner of Zeus Mortgage, that was mm-hmm. my first interview, uh, and I wanted him to talk about mindset. I wanted to ta- tell he has a great story about being born in New York, growing up in a trailer park in Baytown, Texas. Which, uh, if you're not from the Houston area, um, it's uh, not the greatest place <laughs> to, to, to grow up and an a leaf and now he owns uh he's you know done extremely well for himself and he provides a very good service for not only real estate investors but you know my personal mortgage on my personal residence i got through zeus just because of i wanted to give it to steve's company mm-hmm. steven's company because i think he's one i think he's an amazing guy and he's taught me so much about this game real estate and and also lending so i had him he was episode one who did he work for before he was an accountant um and i uh um why do i you, you need to listen to his, the, no, the, the podcast na- the right? na- is the name the name, <laughs> the name rem- sounds familiar it was a mortgage company he worked for i think it was a more he worked uh no it wasn't a mortgage. he started this anyway i i don't remember he was he was involved with another uh uh hard money lending company right I, I, that I don't know. I don't know. I, I, sure. I, I, your name sounds familiar, man. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, Steve, you know, uh, thanks for being uh, episode number one. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, but, but I've had uh, you know Mitch Steven, the owner of finance uh, king, um, Kevin Bupp. He's the uh, trailer park guy out in uh, Clearwater, Florida. I've listened. He has a he has a podcast. And that's you know. I, I, what is he doing? Listen. I'm going to be there next week. You're going to Clearwater, Florida. Look him up, Kevin Bupp. Uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Bupp. dot com. He he uh, in Sunrise Capital. They uh, have a fund. They buy mobile home parks okay east and south this the south and the east mostly uh, he goes up to new york and stuff but i interviewed him and he's a great guy um he uh you can go on his website and sign up every friday he takes 30 minutes twice or an hour and makes two phone calls you put your phone number and your name he'll call you and just shoot how do you shit. spell his last name b-u-p-p Kevin right. Bupp. and a great guy uh he agreed to be on the uh, on, on the podcast and you know how his first deal was with private money, and and he now he's at a different game. You know he's he's doing uh, you know Reg D SEC stuff, you know with the funds. Right. But and and my podcast will will get there. I'm my goal. Uh, another little squirrel shiny object moment. My goal is to start with single family and 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 move and bring everybody up kind of at the same time. But you know Kevin's a little bit more advanced. But I didn't want to pass up the opportunity so to I interview get, him. Yeah, I guess eventually you'll get to talk in, in in your podcast about you know syndication and how to get oh absolutely more you know advanced stuff. Yeah, and and you know, and, and you'll separate you know, uh, accredited investors and the, the Reg D kind of you know the re- the SEC stuff, the securities and and get into that syndications apartments uh, commercial. That's where I want to take it. Um, also going to talk more about like joint venturing and, and whatnot and how you, know, you don't have to be if you can you can JV and you don't have to be an accredited investor mm-hmm. you know there, there are ways around uh, you know, there's, there's uh, as my grandfather used to say there's more than one way to skin a cat yeah yeah right? that's right so there's uh, you know and, th- and that's what I want to bring to people and I want to bring to people on their commute to work every day you know or uh, and, and start a conversation around the, uh, the, the the proverbial water cooler of you know hey did you listen to this and did you know that you can you know 
know, Schwab has a self-directed IRA, but you can't buy real estate and you can't buy, you know, this or that with it. Or, you know, maybe my cousin, uh, or not my cousin, but, uh, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you guys ran a, a construction or a landscaping business need to buy a trailer. Well, I could, I could make a loan on that. You know, there's an asset and, um, and, you know, if you can foreclose or repo if you have to. And it's not just real estate, but that's where I'm starting because with the podcast because that's where I started from. And, you know, I mean, we've had the conversations earlier about, you know, blockchain and just what what's changing. And I want to make sure that private lending and private individual citizens are have, you know, the means, at least in the education, to, to go out and, and, and better themselves outside of the traditional realm of investments. That's awesome. That's yep. awesome, man. So uh, I'm gonna be one of your listeners on the on the. On, I'm not yet because I went and found you, and then we're like, okay, let's do the podcast together. And yeah, we've, we've been immersed in all the people we met in Vegas uh, from the uh, Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone group, growth group. And yeah. I've been listening to Ed Milet and you know yeah. uh, Andy Frizzella and and but I got my doses of motivation now, and I'm referring back to you know the real estate portion of it yeah. so i'm gonna be listening to you on, on so w when does it when does it air i mean do you do it like in specific date every day Mon of the week mondays or? every monday every I, monday I launch yeah it launches live um i try to do it uh, at midnight central time and um that gives me the weekend because um, you know you know good podcasters have a you know they build up many episodes and they have a schedule and they're not rushed I'm not a good podcaster. Usually on Sundays, I'm telling the kids, "Shut up, shut up!" <laughs> I gotta record. I gotta record a, you know, uh, the sponsor or whatever. So um, I'm, I'm I'm slowly getting there. But uh, you know, but you know, like I said, I got a full time job, family, uh, side hustles with Landon, you know, and doing some owner finance things myself. So it's uh, yeah, it's fun. But it's um, I, I really I really enjoy it. I like talking to guys like you. You know, like you guys, you know, you're putting the hustle in. You know, and not to you know sound like a Trump fan, but this is what makes this country great, man. It's yeah. the opportunity to hustle, and you know, and and you can. I mean, look at uh, you know Gary Vaynerchuk for example. You know, he wasn't at the Growth Con, but you know that guy came here from Belarus. You know, and it it, it was dad hustled and bought a liquor store, and then Gary turned it into a sixty million dollar a year enterprise, and didn't have a cut of any equity. You know, and then he goes off, and you know, Vayner Media is what two hundred million now, something like that, a year. I don't know, man, but those it's guys are playing with big numbers. Yeah, but, but, but you know, but like you know, he, he came here with nothing, lived in like nine people in a studio apartment, right? Well, you know, I, I was listening to somebody that. talk about uh, people that come from other countries, mm -hmm. and you know, we have the American dream. Yeah. And they say, how come somebody from Mexico, for instance, or somebody from Venezuela or Brazil, they come to the U.S. and they kill it? And it's because they're hungry, and they're from their country. In their country, they had to hustle. Yep. So when they came here, they kept the hustle. Like Puerto Ricans, for instance, it's not to go too far. Mm -hmm. Most Puerto Ricans are hustlers. Yeah. Why is that? Because their environment in their island is like, is is me or me? Period. I gotta it, make it somehow. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat, yeah. right? So they come to the U.S. Even though they're Americans, right? But they move mm -hmm. across. The, the still, it's still culturally different. Yeah, it's culturally completely different, and they go and thrive and have big businesses and got all these things. And then you look at, uh, you know, what's going on with the rest of the Americans that were growing up here with the American dream? Why didn't they come and hustle like some of the guys that are immigrants from Vietnam? We had a guy that we interviewed from Vietnam, and mm -hmm. these guys are making great things, you know. And you're like, why is it different? And it's because of the environment that they were growing up mm -hmm. with. It was they were either being bullied 
by you know yeah. somebody else that was older um or they had to cut throat on their business because it was either the other guy or them and that's getting lost in today's society oh we've had it too good we had it too good yeah i, I it's funny i i my wife's an immigrant she's a naturalized citizen and a little different story but uh with her i mean her dad um came here and he got an mba but uh my wife's from, from india okay. but it's the and, and and her her group of people that she's from it's you know education is is the thing you know you, you become oh uh, you have a to doctor, go to school. a lawyer yeah. whatever you know and i mean what's funny is when my I, i'll tell this little squirrels you know shiny object syndrome uh thing but my, my daughter came home with a report card the other day and she had a 92 and you know me being the slacker suburban white kid i'm like, like yeah, and your wife is no great, and she's all depressed. And I go, "What's wrong, honey?" She goes, "Mommy's gonna be mad because she's Indian." <laughs> <laughs> so I just told I just told on my my family there, but um, and my wife wasn't mad, but she was like, "It's funny because she looked at it, she's like, 92 huh?" You know, like and she was like, "You gotta bring that grade that's up." That's it. But that's but the cool. Where thing, did you, know, you fail? But yeah, yeah, but I mean, but like you know, talking with my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, you know, it was um. Granted, we were, religion was different, culture was different, language was different, all that. But you know, they saw that I, I had some hustle in me. You know, and and even though I wasn't, uh, I didn't have higher education. They, um, you know, th- I still felt that there was a level of respect. Yeah, you were for, approved from, from that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, and and for all the the Indian folks who speak Tamil, I'm I'm the Velamaple, which means white son-in-law. But all anyway, right. um, <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, and I you know my, I come from. Uh, my my father's uh, dad was was a medical doctor, right? And 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 this is a true story. He put himself through uh, undergraduate school during Prohibition by making moonshine. True story. Wow. And um, and yeah, when he got caught, the the dean told him that he could stay in school if he gave him a bottle per batch. <laughs> So that was that's how that's how my grandfather was able to make some good money. I would be like, I'll give you two, but you gotta pass me with A's. <laughs> exactly. You know. And on the other side, my mom's family they were they were sharecroppers from East Texas. So you know they had they owned a broom shop, they owned a grocery store, they had a paper route, they had you know. Uh, and when I say broom shop, they made brooms. You know, like with they took the straw and the hay. And so I've always kind of had I've had a, I guess a good pedigree for mm-hmm. the for the hustle, uh, which got me approved into the uh, you know to the immigrant family. Um, but um, it's, I think, you know, because looking back on it for me, I know I was, you know, I, I admit it. I was like, well, why doesn't everything just come to me? Mm-hmm. I was born here. It should just happen. No. I should you be go entitled to success. Yeah. I should, yeah. I should, I'm an American. I, my passport has American. Yeah. Why, why don't I, why, why aren't I rich? Because you got to go get it. You got to go work yeah. for it, you know? And so that's kind of been my mantra ever since. And I'm, what I'm trying to instill in my kids, like, hustle like an immigrant. You know, hustle like you just got here. You know, and I don't think you can go wrong with, with that attitude. I, I like the way you put that up, uh, hustle like an immigrant, because yeah. in reality, that's really what happens. Now, I'm not saying all Americans are that way. No, no. there is American hustlers, you know, that we actually look oh, up to. Like the guys we were just mentioning, Grant Cardone and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Andy and uh, Frisella. Oh, Frisella's great, man. And yeah. um, Ed Led and Team Grover. I mean, Team Grover. Well, he's, he's an immigrant. A, he's partially immigrant. He's from Chicago, so that's yeah. kind of like a foreign country. Right. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got a different accent up there, you know. They talk different. Yeah, they talk different. Um, but uh, who was the other guy that that we – even Ty Brad, Lopez. Ty Lopez. Oh, the, the real Brad Lee, you know. Brad. Brush your teeth. Yeah, brush, brush your, your teeth. teeth. So, uh. <laughs> But anyways, these are all Americans, right? They are actually hustling out there. Yeah. And 
you know, but you see that we have a factory of pumping employees, which is go to school, you know, get good grades so you can go to another university and get a degree so you can go get a Being job. Employee. And pretty much we live in a in a society where the education system is from the 1900s, early 1900s. Yeah. That's fixing to change, I think. It's changing now. I don't know if um, academically, like the the states or other countries are moving into something else. But if I, you look I think it's starting to change. You know, universities are starting to hurt from people not wanting to go th through college. So you'll see more of it, you know, in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. You'll see how, unfortunately, you know, some big universities are going to start, you know, hurting real big because kids nowadays are figuring out that you don't really need a college degree to you know be good in life and you got all these things like facebook and you know, uh, you know. look the u.s if you look back before the 1900s before the industrial revolution it was nothing but hustlers yeah because all, that's all you could do was hustle it was either become a farmer or become something and trade you know yep and and Go to war and <laughs> go to no, but before the 1900s. Oh, okay. Right, I'm not talking about yeah. Well, going to war is later on, but that's the industrial revolution that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Before the industrial revolution, it was 90 percent entrepreneurs and 10 percent employees, mm -hmm. because you had you didn't have corporations, you didn't have any of these things. When the industrial revolution came over, that steel was started to be made, and we needed to make ships, and we needed to make all these things. That's when that took it to the next place which is all right now we need to prepare people to work yeah we need labor we, we need, need factory need, workers. we need skills yeah. we need factory workers and this is when this whole eight to five thing started uh because you go to school from eight to five you know yeah. or, or from eight to three or whatever but the whole conditioning started you know mm -hmm. to prepare the human being to be a laborer and that's where we live today it's yeah. the same system it has not changed unless Guys like you, him, and me jump off the cliff and say, oh, hold on a second. I'm going to go do something else, man. I'm going to have a job and have a side hustle. Yeah. Um, who's that? I think it's Zig Ziglar, the one that says, you earn a living at your job, but you earn a fortune on your time off. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, uh, or you make wealth uh, on your time mm -hmm. off. And yeah. that's exactly what you're doing with, you know, you're having a good job and then, you know, doing your private lending, doing podcasts. Those are side hustles. You're not yeah. really getting a check from some of those um, no 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 yeah it's when I, was in, when I did go to college and, and the thing I want to talk about like I'm, my daughter my oldest daughter is 11 and I'm, I'm conflicted about pushing college like, I want her <laughs> I'll give you a story get, you here know, real quick yeah go my ahead. daughter's 20 uh -huh. and she graduated high school what two years ago and and when she graduates I'm like I hope she doesn't go to college <laughs> I hope she doesn't go to college now her mom is like you need to go to college because right. she's still completely boxed in on that and I'm okay with that. But I was like, I hope she tells me tomorrow she doesn't want to go to college. And she was not an A student during mm -hmm. high school. So I'm like, man, she maybe she will drop out and she'll come to daddy. I'll show her how to hustle, right? Yeah. Daddy, I want to go to college. Okay. And I was like, really? Are you sure? I'm like, I, I was still like, are you <laughs> sure? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, because she likes music. I want to go to college and I want to study music. Okay, yeah. And I said, all right, that's your passion, so I'm okay with you going to college and going for your passion. And long story short, she got actually accepted to Berkeley and all kinds of things. 
Yeah. Wow, really? Right, exactly. Nice. Yeah, not really. I mean, I got to pay for it, you know. She's getting... Well, figure it out, Dad. Uh, no, I am. <laughs> uh, that's, otherwise, we wouldn't be here right now podcasting, right? Say, exactly, um, right. But, um, that's but, great, though. But, no, what, it is great. I'm proud of her. Yeah. And you have to see what he does after we finish with the podcast. You know, he'll stand in that corner there with a little can and these people in the traffic. <laughs> need, you know, need to pay for college for my daughter. <laughs> My daughter's uh, out of state. I need but anyways, I, I feel Berkeley, I feel Berkeley phone. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, because now I, you're thinking about your kids, and you're like, "Do well, I really want this for my kids?" Well, I'm conflicted because like, like my my grand my grandfather's, for example, right? My, you know, my, my dad's dad, medical doctor. You got to go to school, right? He loved medicine. He, he was he got real sick when he was a little kid, and um, the story goes that he had like these um, I don't know. I guess he had like strep throat or something. And back in the day, like they didn't have antibiotics, so they like they just kind of lanced the, uh, yeah. the 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 pustules or whatever. And yeah, they get in your mouth and they clean and they, you they, up. They, they you know, uh, scrap you. out. And then and, my, and that's when my grandpa was like, I want to be a doctor. You know, so he did. You know, and his father was was fairly successful uh, up until the Great Depression. Um, so that's when he he had to get his hustle on. Uh, my mom's dad, you know, sharecropper, don't own anything. You get your you get your pair of shoes from your older brother when they when he hands it down yeah. when you grow out of it. So. You know, he he made brooms. He he farmed. He you know made brooms and all this stuff. And you know, and by all means, I mean my my my, my mother's parents didn't even complete the sixth grade, but had really good street smarts, were good with money, and they hustled. You know, and so I'm looking at my daughter like, and I grew up, you know, graduated school in the early high school in the early '90s, and you know, I'm sure the same with you guys. It's like, and a lot of people out there, it's like, if you're not good at school, you're not going to be good at life, and that's. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah, that's completely <laughs> you know I mean? bullshit. You're right. That is just we second that. It's you know. So it's I, like they say now nowadays. You know, the the A students are working for the C students. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. normally how it works and out. Yeah, and, and so it uh, anyway. I, not to get on the whole the whole tangent about that, but it, it's uh, you know, but it all goes back into into hustle. And I think that colleges are going to have a a problem with their brand. Yeah, very very soon, um, and, and that's not my original thought. That's a Gary V thought, but it's something I do definitely agree with. Um, well, look, uh, not to go too far. Yeah, let's, so let's, so let's bring we it back all to private no, but we all share a common uh, person that we follow, which is Grant Cardone, right? Yep, Grant, and he's got Cardone University. Yep. Is it better than going to college? I think so. It look, no, it prepares you for the hustle, man. No, but like I, I have his. Uh, I can't. Uh, I got three of his modules. I can't remember. I got. I got. The, I got the kit. I got the kit when I was in. We were in Vegas, and okay. uh, two of them came. But the first thing I got when when I bought my ticket to the conference, it was. Um, I got Cardone U. It was uh, uh, on sales, and nobody teaches sales in any school, at all, and I don't care. Everybody in this world, everyone out there, it's is in the a sales business. person. Yep. If you have a partner, if you have a spouse, you sold them on you somehow, some yep. way. Like I sold my wife. I mean, I sold her big time to marry, get marry me. She so, believed in you too. Yeah. You know, like, oh Poor yeah, I'll marry you. Poor you girl. Know, like, <laughs> she had no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I sold. You know, I, I, it was a sale. Now, was I trying to sell her? No, but it, it, that is sales, right? And every a kid who wants a four year old who wants to get a cookie or a, a soda pop is trying to sell his mom or his dad, right? So. Every, nobody is really teaching sales. You know, I've never had a sales class or know of anyone who took a sales class at the university. Maybe they exist now. But when I was certainly going through it, there was no you know, sales. It was all on-the-job training. Yeah. One of, one of the uh, – talking about sales, I was following Jordan Belfort for a little while. Oh, uh, yeah? Okay. Because that guy is one of the best salesmen that I've seen out there. I mean, this guy really has a spark. He knows how to get attention of people. And when I saw that movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, which Dennis hasn't seen yet – 
Um, you haven't seen no, that? No, he doesn't know what he's missing on. Um, Don't watch it on the plane. Get the un- uncut version. Yeah, get the uncut <laughs> version. Uh, that's how you're going to enjoy it, right? Absolutely. But when he comes on the on the portion of Sell Me This Pen, that's, yeah. and you see the people struggling just to explain. Salespeople, brokers, stockbrokers. Uh, stockbrokers, people that are selling insurance. I mean, this is strictly they, people that leave off commissions. Yeah. They couldn't figure out how to sell the pen until one guy says, oh, is there something you need to write down here? There you go. You know, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah write your name down. Oh, you right. need a pen? You need a pen. There you go. <laughs> so okay, don't, don't, don't tell me the whole movie. Yeah, Watch wanna, it whenever you go. get a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but anyways, he is really an example of what a salesman should be going after when it comes to presenting themselves and being in the selling yeah. uh, business. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, the Private Lender Podcast. Every and Monday. Every Monday. Every Monday. Lunchtime, Houston time, which is Central Time, 12 p.m., right? Is that oh, what no, it, it drops at midnight. So oh, it drops at midnight. So when you're on your commute into work on Monday morning, you can listen to the latest episode of the Private Lender Podcast. Go oh, on iTunes, iTunes, or any other of the uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, any it, basically anywhere there's a, a podcast listening platform, you can get it there. Hit like, share it with your friends, subscribe, subscribe, and give it a five star review. Actually, I'm gonna do it right now. This is oh, how so we much. do this. I we go on the phone. We do these things live, man. We do podcasts. We go podcasts Search. on iTunes, so you guys can see. And I don't know, but I got no reception here. Lender. Oh, there it is. Browse. Podcast. And then I go. So just to wrap up, uh, Keith. Yep. I know we got a lot of material. We can do five oh, of these things if we're, we want. We're gonna, to. Yeah, we're gonna have to get the schedules together and uh, and put something together. This is I, I've had a, a, a great time. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How Subscribe. how. Uh, who are your mentors today? Like, it doesn't have to be like a mentor that you're paying on, on a daily basis, but who are you listening to? What are the books that you're reading? The whole nine yards. Okay, well, you know, we, we've already talked about uh, Grant Cardone. And, right. And that, I just I like, I like his hustle. Um, so a little, bit of, a little bit of Grant. I listen to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's The Gary V Experience, uh, Tim Ferriss. Okay. And um, then uh, I've also, uh, reading Tim Ferriss's uh, books, He's an interest. He's an interesting one, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 he, the four-hour yeah. work week. The four-hour yeah. work week. Yeah, uh, and, and so I'm reading him, and then as um, you can tell, we don't apply that here. It does. <laughs> no, it, to me, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't read the book for the longest time because I was like, "That's crap. Nobody can do that." Yeah. You know, but then I, then I read it, and I'm like, "Oh no, okay, I, I see where he's coming from." But um, I do like what I like the way he when, he when he gets into something, he gets into it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he dives down deep and. I like that. So that, that's who I'm, I'm listening to, to read, reading. Um, actually, with with the podcast, like I feel like I'm getting a master's in business right now because uh, I'm learning about Facebook advertising and you know and, and, and promotion and all this other stuff. And at the same time, picking up a, a, an associate's in IT. Um, so. Well, so you're studying right now. Well, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to keep my head above water with the with everything. Trying to you know trying to to put out a good podcast and uh, and try to grow it at the same time. And then also you know. Um, invest in real estate and um you know hopefully raise a, a good family at the same time so it's doing everything um <laughs> well that's you know i just i just it, it sounds like a lot but to me it's it's if you love what you're doing yeah it's, it's not it it's doesn't not, seem it, like you know, work and, uh, it's you know and yeah we, we, we're at seven seventeen right now uh i'm seeing my kids calling and seeing when i'm coming home but you know hey look i'll i'll, I'll go take her to get some ice cream 
She'll be happy. <laughs> you know. I'll probably have so to sit down and watch the Wolf of Wall Street. You got to check out the Wolf of Wall Street, man. It's a it's a great great show. And uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, the, the the sidekick guy. Uh, the oh the what's yeah. His name? Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. He's got he's he's actually he puts in a good show. He's, it's a good show, and um, and uh, the. Uh, I, I, the part where he quits his job, like I'm gonna quit my job, you know, that was just <laughs> that was just hilarious, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, we don't want to spoil it for you, but thank no. thank you guys for having me out. And, so uh, again, if you want to follow Keith, and please do, uh, just go to Private Lender Podcast. Um, you can find him also on Facebook, the Private Lender Podcast uh, Instagram, or you can call him. I don't know if you want to give out your phone number. I just put it there, but do it. Why not? Okay, seven one three. Three zero six four four seven eight. Yeah, if you're um, a private lender and you want to learn how to do some lending uh, done correctly, reach out to Keith. He'll be able to help you on how to structure the deal. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you have, you have quite, that's the whole reason for the podcast is to is to help people learn how to do it safely, securely, and and to be able to do it over and over and over again because that's how that's how you build wealth. All right. With, With that, that being said, you all have a great weekend. You all have a great uh, week. Going after if you're listening to Easter us. weekend this week. Yeah, this is yeah, Easter, Easter weekend. Um, don't forget to go on our website, renovatingrichesradio.com, renovatingrichesradio.com, renovandoriquezas.com is in Spanish. Go find us on iTunes and every other platform there is out there. We're everywhere. Hit like, subscribe, share. And no less than a five-star review. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening and watching RenovatingRichesRadio.com. Find us and give us a like and five-star review on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and any other social network you can find us. RenovatingRichesRadio.com.